Thanks for joining. You are listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval, the Yet Sandoval. Uh, so this episode, we have a lot to get into. Uh, a lot of stuff happened over this past week. Uh, more Antonio Brown drama, uh, the MLB wild card and playoff race. It's kind of closing in, uh, close to the end of the season here. So, you know, teams are winning divisions and clinching uh, spots there. So we'll get into that. Uh, some more NFL storylines. Those some major injuries uh, that can alter the season and the future for some franchises here. And then uh, I want to get into. Oh, I saw Ad Astra yesterday. Uh, came out yesterday that the new space movie with Brad Pitt. I'll go over that and and how empty it was, which kind of surprised me. Um, so you know, it, it was opening night and it, it was a good movie and stuff. And just want to know why why people aren't going to the movie. Uh, movie theaters as often as it used to and now people are streaming um, so i want to also talk about uh, these new streaming uh, services that are going to be available here soon a uh, majority of the, the the major companies are coming out with those uh, here soon and there's a bunch of licensing and new movements with with certain shows going to different networks and stuff uh, for large and large amounts of money um, so i'll get into that as well uh, go over some different NFL storylines and some college football stuff as well. Uh, but yeah, so I, I want to start with the Antonio Brown drama. This has just this has just taken a, a whole life of its own now. And so he was. So we went over that timeline recently, or the last episode. I kind of I talked about what was happening, and he signed with the Patriots, and then it was a it was a civil lawsuit. Uh, so there wasn't going to be a whole. He wasn't going to face any jail time, uh, but that he could he could still play under that. Well, there was a new development that happened. Let's see, we're we're recording this on September twenty first. It happened yesterday on the twentieth, so it's still fresh. So he got cut by the New England Patriots. So we'll get into that uh, first. I want to I want to backtrack. There was the there were the the initial accuser, Brittany Taylor. The former trainer uh, for Antonio Brown, they met through college. Uh, he she alleges that he raped her and uh, multiple times, says three times while they were working together. Because uh, Antonio Brown agreed to hire her as a trainer and help her elevate her gym and stuff like that. So I wanna I'll apologize for the last episode. I didn't get into it as much. I wanted to make this show to talk about sports that I like, and then if there is a certain situation with Antonio Brown where he's being accused of rape or there's domestic violence or something like that or abuse of a child like Tyreek Hill. I want to bring you the straight dope. So I will go over over everything that happened. We went over the timeline, but I'll I'll, I'll tell you what Brittany Taylor uh, says and, and then there's another accuser too that I'll get into as well. Uh, so we'll backtrack there. Uh, there, was, there was this article on Sports Illustrated uh, written by Robert Klemko. It goes over the history of of Antonio Brown's issues and he has all these lawsuits where he has a record of not paying people and this goes more into detail with the the second accuser as well um, so back to that first accuser it, it was Brittany Taylor uh, they went to the same school as Central Michigan and they had had some some Bible studies that where they they would do religious things together and uh, then they kept a close relationship they were friends though and then they kind of kept in touch, and Antonio Brown would randomly message her, and then they started training together and stuff like that a few years ago. And she says that he pinned her on the bed and forcibly raped her. And then there was other times where he uh, was standing behind her naked with just a towel on, and then uh, she was, like, watching uh, some some religious-related footage. I forget specifically what it was, but it was on an iPad. They are watching together, and then he ejaculated on her back and then started laughing about it that kind of thing that's just not okay especially if they didn't have a sexual relationship and if their their previous sexual encounters were forced uh so so she's coming out saying that she has the civil lawsuit against him and then about a week after that there was another accuser uh this one chose to be stay anonymous but she is featured in this story by robert Klemko of sports illustrated and she was an artist and they were there was there was this foundation it was by uh for started by black women who who uh, were donating this to kids 
and Antonio Brown was there. It was an art show, and she did this painting of Antonio Brown, and he outbids. The highest bid was $450. He outbid it by $700 to pay for it, uh, and then he had promised her to that he was going to pay her later at a later date for the $700. Uh, he had not paid her, and then he invited her over to his house in Pittsburgh uh, to do another self-portrait, a mural of him, and uh, he agreed to pay her $1,000 a day, and he ended up only paying her for $2,000, and then didn't pay her for the, fir the first painting that he had, and he there was also some, some harassment there, some sexual harassment, and then he also uh, would do that standing naked behind someone with just a hand towel uh, covering his stuff up. So he was doing things like that as well, and then they ghosted her, didn't pay. So there's a lot of people coming out uh, saying these things. And and this, if you haven't read this uh, this article by Robert Klemko, it is great. It goes over a lot of things in his past, and it, you know we always knew Antonio Brown had had some kind of issues. He just like wasn't really a good dude, and everything he did in the media or his commercials or whatever, it all seemed like a show. Like he was just all about the money, but he just doesn't want to pay middle-class workers his money and then he just wants to harass people or rape them you know so this is um in in this story as well it, it goes on uh, to talk about how he had all these other issues where he uh he wasn't paying cooks and he he they got a he got a fish tank and filled with a bunch of piranhas and then there was algae that grew there and then they all died uh due to neglect um so there's a lot of this stuff going on, and then, you know, the Steelers trade him, then he's with the Raiders, doesn't play a single game with the Raiders, gets cut, and then, and at this point, when I thought he was a borderline genius, when he, he, he found a way to get out of Pittsburgh to get that guaranteed money from Oakland, right, he gets that guaranteed $30 million, like, okay, he wants the money, he got the money, doesn't really care about winning, right, and then, uh, that doesn't work out, he starts just going, he goes crazy, and I think those communication with the Patriots and Antonio Brown uh, and his agent Drew Rosenhaus before he was cut, because then there was like a, there was a change there. He had apologized they were gonna play, and he was gonna be all good for Monday night. And then there was like a there was a quick change. Then he started posting stuff and was like free me and all this crap. And then he gets cut right, and then he signs with New England. I was like, was this his? And he gets some guaranteed money, and then an option for twenty million dollars then next year. So I'm just like, is is he some kind of genius? He he left, he got his he found his way out of Oakland, and then now he's with New England. He's probably gonna win a Super Bowl. Maybe he'll have that that Randy Moss type resurgence, statistically. But then, then uh, the Patriots, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, even Josh Gordon, everyone's getting questioned about it. Any of the Patriots, they don't want to talk about anything but football. They don't want to don't ask me anything about anything else, right? Remember that whole Aaron Hernandez situation. So, you know, they were asking questions. And Bill, Bill's always, he's always just Bill Belichick in, in those press conferences, only wants to talk about sports. And everything else gets brought up, then he'll say, you know, he that's where he coined the, the phrase, uh, onto Cincinnati. So the, he was just wanting to talk about the next game. And this past, this most recent uh, press conference, this was yesterday, it was yesterday morning. He was kind of going back and forth with a reporter. He walked out because he said, he's like, I'm done with these Antonio Brown questions. I want some football-related questions. I'm done with Antonio Brown. I've already answered all the questions. And he, they're like, oh, no, you haven't. And then he walked out. He said he was done with it. As soon as I saw that video and I heard the audio from that, I'm just like, Antonio Brown is cut. Bill Belichick is not going to stand for that. He does not want the extra drama. He was hoping that once, he start, that once Antonio Brown starts playing, he starts scoring. That's why they wanted to bring him on. You know, because if once if he got in line, they would just they would be a great team. They would be head and shoulders above everybody else. So it, it's a it was a risk, but I, I thought it was worth it. You know, because this was just what happened in Oakland was just all this other drama. It wasn't it wasn't this this rape allegation and all this other harassment stuff. It was just A B being A B doing ridiculous crap, right? So and then that came out two days after that they signed him, so he doesn't get in line. So they cut him. Right, and then now they can void, they can void his his guarantees in his contract, and and uh, so I I really feel 
because of that, since since he signed with with New England, he was already given up on by two teams. He destroyed two teams. The Steelers looked terrible, and the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders they won their opening game, but the second game, I, I think they're gonna they're gonna have a tough season. You know, so he single handedly destroyed two teams, and the Patriots they didn't need him, but it was worth the risk. They're they they could win without him, and then he gets cut. And when the Patriots sign you. When you're a troubled player when they sign you, that's pretty much your last stop. Because when that's your, when that's your last stop in New England, they're thinking like, hey, if he falls in line, he could do well and we can win a Super Bowl. And then if he does well here, because, you know, the Patriots never want to hold on to anybody troubled for too long. They don't want to pay anybody too much money. So, look, you could play, play well here in the playoffs, maybe win a Super Bowl, you know, make average money. And then you can re- and then you can sign with another team because you'd be like, oh, he fell in line in New England. He's a whole new person. He could work out for us. He could put us over the top. He could be productive, you know. But when New England cuts you after two weeks, you played one game. You never play a game with the Raiders. They cut you. Uh, the the uh, Not the Bengals. The Steelers, they had a Week 17 must-win game to make the playoffs, and they benched you. Your career is probably done. I don't think anyone – I mean, he had a lot of suitors when Oakland cut him. Then you go to New England, though, and once New England's there, like, that's your last chance. You don't make it there, you don't make it anywhere else. You know, Albert Hainsworth learned that. Chad Ochocinco learned that. You know, there's other people that have learned that. And then it could benefit you in the way that it benefited Randy Moss. You know, he had that record-breaking season, the 23 touchdowns. And, you know, that kind of elevated his the next chapter in his career even though he finished in san francisco or and went to there was a tennessee year in there and then went back with uh, minnesota even though he did that this that kind of that season those few years with him with the patriots it kind of jump-started his television career you know and it kind of helped him move past football and then kind of figure other things out you know because people liked him more than they did before and even in terms of football, it really validated him, validated people's perception of him that, you know, that Randy Moss is physically one of the greatest receivers ever. You know, some people think he's better than Jerry Rice. You know, I don't, but I think he's definitely up there. Top three, top five, he's up there. Um, so, and I think that season, him getting that record, uh, that single season touchdown reception record, uh, beating Jerry Rice in that, breaking his record, I think that validated him as well um, and kind of helped him also be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And so this was something that can happen to Antonio Brown with the Patriots. They can move past the drama. He can fall in line. He can do this. You know, he's already he was already a charismatic person. He had a bunch of commercials and advertisement and, and just different endorsements that he had going on. Uh, but it didn't work out. They cut him. There was too many questions about the sexual assault allegations and stuff. And if it w- if there was there were no accusers or anything like that that didn't come to light, then I think he's still there. They can deal with the drama for a little bit and just you know kind of write it out. And then they go six and zero, and then no one's talking about that. They're talking about football, right? Uh, but then it didn't work out. So I think I don't think he plays the rest of the season. I think he's definitely done for now. You know, especially with all the stuff coming out. And you know he's getting no guaranteed money. It was reported that he's he made, he's so far he's made one hundred thirty three thousand dollars this year playing football or barely playing football. I played one week, um, so yeah, I don't think he signs on with anybody else this year for sure. I mean, he's only thirty one years old. He's still really good. Last year he had twelve hundred yards. Uh, he's had six straight seasons with over a hundred receptions. And I know in my fantasy football podcast, I said that episode, I said like, Hey, I think he's going to have a great year, you know, cause he can play. If he just sets his focus on football right now and just plays, he'll do great. And that's what I thought he was going to do with Oakland. But then now I have no idea. We definitely won't see him this year. I don't think we see him again, honestly, cause you know, unless someone's number, like someone's number one receiver goes down. Or something, you know, maybe Devontae Adams gets injured next year. Something happens like that where it's a, a season-long injury and they need a quick a quick replacement for a number one receiver. And they're like, hey, you know, we haven't heard about any other other things happening in the year. We haven't heard from him in a while. Then maybe someone will kick the tires on him. 
You know, it would have to be a contending team, a team where they, they think that, you know, he could put them over the top. Maybe, uh, you know, like New Orleans or or even Kansas City, if they're just like, hey, let's just get everybody and just destroy the league for a little bit. You know, maybe even Dallas. That seems like a Dallas Jerry Jones move, you know. Um, just, you know, a contender like that, that's what I think who would, who might kick the tires on them for at least like a, a workout or something. Uh, but other than that, I, I, I just... I think it would have to take a major injury for someone to sign him, especially next year, because he's definitely out this year. But I, I think he might be done. Um, that might be it for Antonio Brown. And this was just, this was a big fall for him. Uh, not the biggest though. I, I mean, Aaron Hernandez was was a huge fall. He had just signed uh, that he signed a contract extension, so he was getting paid. Everything was doing well. Patriots were winning. And then, yeah, then it was like, hey, he's actually a murderer and apparently a drug dealer. So uh, that was a huge one because then he went to prison and then killed himself and all that stuff happened. But uh, as far as this goes, like this, this is a pretty big fall. Uh, and you know, he Antonio Brown seems to just have all these all these issues going on, like mentally, like he's just something's going on. This is just crazy because that's why I thought the Oakland the Oakland thing would work out was because he's he's in prove it mode he has to prove to everyone that he is valuable and that a team is better with him and that he can be a leader so that's why i was like okay look he's been people think people didn't want him they didn't want to pay him guaranteed money so he he needs to be out he needs to be out there to prove himself and his contract to everyone that hey i'm still this guy you know you guys got to believe in me and that's why i thought i think odell beckham's gonna have a good year this year because he wants to show new york hey i'm still worth it and he's going to have a great year in Cleveland. That's why I believe that. And that's why I believed uh, that Antonio Brown was going to have a good year. I'm all about the people who who feel like they have a chip on their shoulder and they have to prove it to not only themselves but to the world. Like, hey, I belong. I, those people are always going to have great years, right? So I felt like this was a prove-it year for him, and it just didn't work out. And and because that didn't even work out, I, I just think he's done. You know, he's he has a lot of things to figure out. And he needs a whole new PR team, first of all, if he even has one, because he's just he just seems unstable. He just makes like rash decisions. He'll he'll go one way, like oh I'm so sorry, and then two hours later he was asking for he was demanding a release, and then demands trades, and he's just all over the place. So I I mean I guess we'll see how we'll see how that goes, but I think I think we'll hear a lot more about certain stuff and 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 the history of of his of these accusations and and all these different lawsuits we'll we'll hear some more about this in the coming weeks and then it'll probably tail off after that speaking of the Steelers uh Ben Roethlisberger got injured in the last game against the Seahawks uh it was like a short I think it was an elbow injury uh so he he has to get some surgery there and he'll be out for the rest of the season uh then his backup Mason Rudolph went to Oklahoma State. Uh, he played really well, I thought, against Seattle. Uh, they ended up losing to Seattle by a couple points. Uh, but then, then the Steelers traded for Minka Fitzpatrick from from Miami. Uh, he was a first-round pick last year. And and uh, with that trade, though, I think, man, that's going to help them defensively. But uh, I think that trade also says that, hey, you know, I think we could still do well with Mason Rudolph. Obviously, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs anymore as a wild card. Like I said, I thought they would win. I thought they'd be nine and seven. Uh, maybe they're seven and nine though, six and ten, seven and nine area. Uh, I think they'd still be competitive with Mason Rudolph. I, I liked him at Oklahoma State, uh, but then they uh, the Steelers traded Josh Dobbs, the other backup, to Jacksonville after Nick Foles went down. And if you remember, uh, Big Ben. Ben Roethlisberger, he got he was upset when when the Steelers drafted uh, Mason Rudolph. He wasn't as mad when they drafted Josh Dobbs, but I think he's mad because he knows Mason Rudolph can play, and he knows Mason Rudolph is the future, and he he knows the inevitable is coming, and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to face that. He doesn't want to admit that. That's why he didn't he wasn't really worried about Josh Dobbs. He knows Josh Dobbs was the future. He knows Josh Dobbs was probably just gonna be a career backup, but Mason Rudolph is the future, and the future is now. Now that Big Ben's out for the year, they signed him to that three-year contract. So he's a couple years left. He vowed that he was going to be back there on the sidelines to help Mason out as much as he can. He he wants to be a man of. Uh, he wants to you know follow his contract still and play it out. But I mean, 
with that injury, then he's going to be a year older. I th- I think I'm not sure if he plays again either, you know. But or if he does, it might not be with with Pittsburgh, right? Because if Mason Rudolph, he'll have this year, and if he plays really well this year, they might say, hey, I think it's time to move on. We have a lot of young pieces. We could have a lot, a lot of young pieces around Mason. You know, they got a young defense. They brought in some some uh, draft picks the last few years on defense. And, they and, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster's young. Vance McDonald's like 30, I think, now. So he's getting up there. But, you know, they have these pieces so they could really grow around Mason and really play well and then, you know, kind of build for the future, but then also build for now, like that trade for Fitzpatrick and just kind of put some young, you know, productive pieces around him and then see where that goes. So I think that I think that is a, t- a telling sign for what's going to come this next year or the next couple of years uh, when Big Ben is on another team or retired or something there is going to happen. Uh, so... There was another injury too, uh, and that was Drew Brees. Uh, his his hand collided with Aaron Donald's hand, and he had, he had like a, a thumb injury, so he had to get surgery on it. So it says he's going to be out for six weeks, and now his backup, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, from Louisville, and then he played in uh, played in Minnesota, played well. Then he ended up with the Jets, and he had that he had that injury in Minnesota, so he was out for almost two years. It looked good in New York in the preseason. And then uh, the Saints immediately traded for him. Then he almost went to Miami, but then the Saints offered him $7 million a year. So he stayed with New Orleans. And then they also have that hybrid, like, souped-up Tim Tebow-type player in Taysom Hill. He's uh, His Wikipedia page is listed as a quarterback, uh, tight end, receiver, running back, kick returner, punt returner, like all these crazy things. Uh, so he'll get some snaps too. Uh, but I think I think they were going to run away with that division because, uh, you know, the the Panthers don't look good. Cam Newton's all beat up. Buccaneers are still the Buccaneers. The Falcons are still the Falcons. They'll look really good one week, and then they'll look atrocious another week. Like the terrible week one against Minnesota. So they kind of hit and miss. But now now's really the time for, for Atlanta to stack up some wins until Breeze comes back and gets comfortable and really get get in charge of that division right there. So they, they, they can really take advantage of that injury. But I think the Saints can still win if he's out for six weeks. I think they can still go. If they go 3-3, three and three, like they'll be fine if they go 3-3. Three and three. Um, I think anything less than that, they'll, they'll have some issues. But but we'll see. This is going to be a testament to to Sean Payne's coaching and see how creative he could get with Taysom Hill and Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. I expect Alvin Kamara to put up big numbers. I expect Michael Thomas to struggle a bit in those six weeks. Uh, so if you have him in fantasy, just you know be careful with that because now he's going to have to rely on two quarterbacks instead of one. But Alvin Kamara, though, he'll get a lot more touches. If if it's not if it's not those checkdown throws, they'll be they'll be running it more often as well. Um, and so will um, Latavius Murray. He should really benefit from. Uh, from Drew Brees' absence as well. Uh, so then there was other news too. Uh, Eli Manning, he got benched for Daniel Jones. It finally happened. But, you know, I, I really don't think, I don't think this is, the Giants' season is terrible this year, especially because of Eli Manning. I think it definitely goes back to that defense. They can't stop a nosebleed with that defense. They can't even tackle. They can't do anything on defense. On offense, they were looking good. Saquon, I think Saquon needs to get more touches because that's their best player. Uh, Evan Ingram needs to get more targets as well. And Sterling Shepard needs to stay healthy. Uh, he's always in and out of the lineup, but when he's in, he can be effective. And I don't. he's definitely not a number one yet, but uh, he's a nice complimentary piece to Saquon and Evan Ingram. Uh, so, I mean, and Eli didn't look terrible. It's just a defense, so they're playing from behind, so other teams know that they're going to pass all the time, right? Or that Saquon's going to get the get the ball. So Pat Shermer needs to be more creative on offense. That's what they need to do, you know. But I mean, we'll see what Daniel Jones does and see how he does against the Cowboys. I think that's his first game. Uh, I mean, he looked okay in preseason, um, so we'll see. But I, I mean, I think it's. I wasn't a huge fan of the benching because it's like the timing. If if you were going to bench him anyway and bring in Daniel Jones, then why not just start earlier and just cut Eli Manning or 
or move his position into like a front office consultant or something or, or move him to the quarterback's coach. That'd be a pretty classy move in New York if they did that, right? And and then just start with Daniel Jones and then have Eli Manning helping him from the start. You know, instead of doing it now and not really talking about him, they should have had a plan in place and told him about this. Like, hey, we'll bring you on this year, but you know, we want to basically just be a consultant, you know, quarterback's coach or something. And, you know, because you brought us those two Super Bowls and, and you've been a model a model athlete and a model image of our team and and we appreciate that right uh but instead they did it this way so you know i the giants always do stuff that's just weird they'll say something and then they'll do something else they'll tell a player something and then they'll do something else so they're not always honest with themselves either so i don't even think they know what they're doing anyway so i i really hope uh daniel jones plays well though because a lot of people were just doubting him after being drafted that high by new york so i really i really hope he just comes in Wins like his five first starts or something crazy and just just lights it up, just proves people wrong. Um, I I haven't seen a whole lot of him, so I don't really know. I, at this point, maybe he could be like a Mitchell Trubisky, which isn't you know a lot to say because uh, Trubisky has been struggling this year. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure how how that's gonna go, but but there's a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of moving parts there, especially this season. A lot of quarterbacks going down. Uh, you had Nick Foles going down, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, and then Eli Manning getting benched. Cam Newton just looks, he doesn't look right uh, it, he, in that game against uh, Tampa Bay. His throws, his passes are just, there's no there's no leverage on him. They're just, they're just dropping quickly. He's overthrowing people. He's just missing all of his targets. There was like a fourth and one play where they would normally do a, a a quarterback sneak. They didn't do the quarterback sneak. He didn't even touch the ball. They threw it out to McCaffrey, and he got stuffed at the at the one yard line. But you know, normally that would go to Cam Newton. So obviously something's happened with Cam Newton. I think it's his foot. He's he's not pushing off of it right. He's not running. So that's causing his throws to just be a little off. Uh, but I mean, he's thirty years old now. He's taking a lot of hits. He can't take that many hits like that. So he can't be as mobile you know, that long, right? So that's what some players have to adjust to and just kind of learn how to play through. Um, so he's out for this next game. Um, so, yeah, the quarterback position is just it's just beat up. Um, and Gardner Minshew, though, of the Jacksonville Jaguars, is a rookie out of Washington State. He's, he's been looking great in Nick Foles' absence. He uh, led them to victory against the Titans on Thursday Night Football. I know it's the Titans in Thursday Night Football, but he looked really good. Looks control in control of that offense, and he's really uh, he's really confident, and I, I, he's just a funny guy. I like him, uh, so I hope that works out. But now instead of having one quarterback, Jacksonville might have two. And speaking of Jacksonville, Jalen Ramsey uh, requests a trade uh, from the Jaguars, and apparently he didn't leak that, uh, or his agent didn't leak that. Apparently it was a uh, front office people with the team. Uh, I. I honestly don't think that they're going to trade him. I think it's all talk. Apparently someone in the front office, I think it was Tom Coughlin, or some, someone said, he, he says uh, some something disrespectful. Um, so that made him demand a trade. He's only 24 years old, though. And he's the, he's the best corner in the NFL. Uh, we've seen what happened with Josh Norman and, and Richard Sherman. You know, with age, they're not as, as locked down as they used to be. Or like what happened with Darrell Rivas. People just lose it, but this guy's 24. So if you trade for him, you're going to have a solid corner, number one corner on your side for five, six years, you know? And so I think, I think if you're Kansas City, I think you got to make that trade. But apparently the Jaguars want a first round pick, but I think you got to you give them next year's first round pick because all these players are still young in Kansas City. And if you just get, get that draft pick out of the way that first year, those guys are still young, so you might not need that first-round pick right away. So keep all your later ones. When people start aging, then you'll need those first-round picks more. They'll be more important. But their defense is what has been struggling. Their offense is great in Kansas City, but their their defense, they can't stop anybody. The Patriots in that AFC Championship game, they were able to light it up on them. So if they had a number-one corner like Jalen Ramsey, that would really help them. They'd be a complete team, I think. Um, but, you know, I mean, what if he went to the Patriots too, and then the Patriots just they just get everybody? Uh, but you know, there's certain teams 
where I think he could go and he could really be that game changer for them, especially uh, definitely in on defense and, and maybe in the locker room as well. Um, it's like maybe even like the Saints or something like that. Or I don't think Minnesota needs him because they, they already have good corners. But, yeah, maybe even Minnesota. You know, that defense is already loaded. But if you get another another uh, all-pro player there, that would be really good for him. So this has been a, a, a crazy filled early part of the season. You had the Antonio Brown situation and uh, Jalen Ramsey requesting trade and major injuries to quarterbacks and the Andrew Luck injury. Seems like it was so long ago, and I just forget about it when I try to piece together back all the all the stuff that has happened this off season and during this the early part of the season. So the MLB baseball season is is you know at the home stretch. It's going to be ending here soon, and the playoffs are going to be starting. And so far, you know, Red Sox are eliminated. They're eliminated at, the, at eighty and seventy three. Yankees are at hundred games. Uh, the Twins are at 95. They're winning the AL Central so far. AL West, you got the Astros at 101 wins. Uh, the A's are eight games back at 93. Uh, they might get that wild card, though. And then in the National League, you got the Braves. They just clinched last night against the Giants. They're at 95 wins. Uh, NL Central is tight. Uh, you got the Cardinals at 87-67, leading the Chargers there. Then the Brewers are back at three games back at 84. 70 and the Cubs are in third, 82 72, uh, five games back. And the Cubs, man, I, I always talk about the Cubs, they should be better on paper. They're, they should be up there at around 100 wins with the Yankees and then the Dodgers. They should be there with Astros and stuff, talent wise. They have the talent. It's just like something's going, something's going on there that I think we're going to hear about soon because it, it doesn't make sense to me that they're 82 and 72. And the Brewers don't have Christian Yelich, uh, which they lost him to the for the rest of the season. It was a freak foul ball accident that uh, it broke his, it hit him on the top of his knee, and it caused him. I think it fractured something there. Obviously, uh, so that was a devastating blow for the Brewers. So the Brewers might not make the playoffs, but if they do make the playoffs, that would just be amazing. And then Mike Trout's out for the rest of the season, but you know they're not going to go far. Uh, they haven't made the playoffs. He's only played in was it one playoff game or no playoff game, something like that. Uh, anyway, then the National League West, you have the Dodgers at 99-55. At they have won seven straight uh, division titles there. Uh, so, I mean, I still think I still think that the Dodgers, they can, they can make a deep run. But I, I'm just going with the Braves in the National League. Uh, they look really good. They look like a really complete team. And the Dodgers, I mean, I know they've gone to the World Series, but something just happens to them where they just seem to crumble in the postseason. And then the NL Central, I'm just not sure who's going to really be consistent enough down the stretch to really make an impact. Um, so, I mean, because I would say the Cubs, but, you know, they're always kind of up and down. The Brewers without Christian Yelich, I don't think so. Um, I mean, the Cardinals are winning right now, but I just don't think that they have the depth for that. Um, let's see. And then, uh, yeah, the Braves definitely in the National League, I think. I think so. Um I think the Braves in the National League, still with the World Series, I'm still going uh, as far to say that. Uh, Yankees are looking better. They're finally getting fully healthy. Uh, so they'll be good for the playoffs there. Uh, Twins have been really good. The, the Indians are there four games back in 91 and 63. I still have the Astros uh, winning in the AL, but they, I think it'll be the, the Yankees and the, and the Astros in the ALCS. Uh, so... We'll see how how the standings end up shaping up there. As far as the wild card in the American League, uh, 93 and 61, the Oakland A's are two games up for that first spot, and then Tampa Bay and Cleveland are tied for that second spot at 91 at 63. Excuse me. And then National League, uh, the Nationals are 84 68 for that first spot. Uh, the Brewers that I just mentioned are are ahead of the Cubs for that second spot, 84 and 70. And then the Cubs are two games back, and the Mets are still there in that in that race at three and a half games. And then followed by the Phillies. The Phillies might not make it. They're seventy eight, seventy four, five games back. The same amount of games back as a as a, a Diamondbacks. They traded Zach Granke, so they're just always in the mix. And then the Giants are ten games back, sadly. But um, I'm proud. I'm proud of that team. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, then Bruce Bochy got his 2000th win. So it's been a good season, even though they're not making the playoffs. It's a good farewell season uh, for Bruce Bochy and then a potential uh, farewell season for, for Mass and Bumgarner. So, I mean, they, they were in it for a while, so I'm, I'm proud of how they did that. All right, so moving on here, uh, I want to go over the movie Ad Astra that I saw. Uh, it had uh, Brad Pitt in it, Tommy Lee Jones, and uh, Donald Sutherland. Tommy Lee Jones plays his father. They're astronauts. Tommy Lee Jones, he he leaves for space a long time ago. Then people think he's missing. Uh, Brad Pitt grows up and while he's growing up, whatever, he's uh, he thinks he's dead. And he becomes an astronaut. And then there's this mission, and they bring him in, and they're like, hey, uh, you know, your dad is alive. We think he's doing something out there in space that uh, can ruin life as we know it. could kill a bunch of people and stuff. Uh, I'm not giving anything away because they say this in the trailer. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, he, he goes on this mission and stuff. And, uh, so it was it was a really good movie, I thought. It wasn't quite what I was expecting space-wise and kind of storyline, but I, I did like what it ended up becoming. There were some, there were some pretty crazy scenes. It kind of gave a glimpse into the, into what could be the future as far as, as space and, and the competitive nature of space and other people getting there and, and what happens when they're up there and different kind of studies and, and stuff that they're doing there in space. Uh, so there was some kind of weird things like, well, well, how would that happen? Like, that's kind of crazy too. Um, so that part was pretty interesting. And, um, the, the parts with Tommy Lee Jones and, and Brad Pitt were really good. Uh, so, I mean, it was a good movie, definitely worth watching. Uh, so, so far Brad Pitt has had a good year with, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and then Ad Astra. And then, I mean, as, as far as the amount of people that were there, it was Thursday night, you know, just came out and, uh, we saw it in IMAX. And so with that, you have to you have to pick where you want to sit. So we got right in the middle, and then so we we go there early. I gotta go to the movies early because I gotta see all the previews. I gotta go in line. I gotta get my popcorn. I gotta get a drink, and then I gotta find my seat. I gotta use the restroom five six times before the movie starts, because I don't want to get up during the movie, which I still ended up doing anyway, and I missed like a, a pretty good part. Um, but anyway, so uh, so you do that, and you know you get in your seat. So we're there. And then a bunch of people, uh, you know, not a bunch of people, but maybe like 10 other people were in the theater. And we're all, like, you know, there's some people that are sitting like a seat next to us. And then there's someone directly behind us and people directly in front of us. So it's like we all bought our tickets. We're like, oh, we wanted the middle. So we're all huddled up in the middle, basically, with the rest of the theater empty. Which surprised me because, you know, it's the opening night of a space movie with, you know, with an actor who can who can carry a movie. And, you know, it was an interesting storyline and something that I, I'd been waiting for this, you know, since I first saw the trailer a few months ago. So I've been, ex- I was excited for this. So, you know, it kind of made me think, like, the experience of going to the movie theater, for me, it's, I can't, it can't be replaced for me. You know, you, you go, you're in a big theater, and then if you're seeing something amazing in IMAX, it can blow your mind. Like, when I saw Interstellar, that that scene where he's he uh, Matthew McConaughey is traveling through the b- black hole. I seriously had a panic attack the first time I saw that in theaters. Now every time I see that scene, I'm just like, this this is an amazing uh, moment in this movie, and it, I just like I just freaked out because it was like it was too much for me because I, I saw it on IMAX also and I was like, this is crazy. So that experience is something you can't replace, and you get your popcorn, you get your drink, you're just it's a whole thing for me. It's a whole event, and then you have. Uh, you have the previews that you watch. I love the previews. I, d- I just love it. And then I, I love the smell in the theater of the of the popcorn and everything going on. And then you have, like, the terrible people who are selling you their concessions who are most of the time they're just rude to me. Or, you know, like, oh, I need your I need your rewards card. Like, I don't have it. Like, look, at my, there's always something going on there. Anyway, that so you can't take away from that experience. But it's it was just surprising to me that, you know, there's people that aren't going to the movies as often as they used to, you know, and I love going to the movies. There's different theaters there are. There's like the little small theaters that we have here. There's one called the Bijou. It, they, it's an old church. Now they have two screens and the seating's huge in there. And then there's Broadway Metro. It's just like this little theater with like three rows in each each theater. And they, they have their own food and they sell beer there and stuff. It's just this really cool uh, 
the cool little theater there and you could tell it's it's owned by someone who really appreciates film and loves all kinds of film and stuff and and that's what i like about it and that that's what that's what's awesome about going to the movies is you know you you can see other people who who really like movies and stuff and you know if you have conversations with other people or whatever but it's just this whole experience and it really it beats watching something at home sometimes like yeah i'll watch something at home but most of the time, if it's a movie I want to see, I'll go to I'll go to the theater, and I'll go see it. You know, and and I don't think people are doing that as often. You know, you have you have Netflix, and you know, I mean, people are still cord cutting, but there's you know, you have cable and stuff. But I think it's definitely losing out to Netflix and and HBO as a standalone app, HBO Go and HBO Now, and uh, all those all these different streaming services that are out. Um, so you, right now you have yeah, the Amazon Prime and and HBO and uh, and Netflix obviously and Hulu to a lesser degree and but you have these new services coming out uh, within the next couple years uh, you have Apple TV Plus coming out uh, there's a new HBO it's HBO Max there's Disney Plus there's that YouTube TV had come out a while ago and then there's you know sling tv for people who still who have cable and everything like that there's gonna be an at&t tv there's a nbc tv it's gonna be called peacock uh so there's all these different streams and then you have roku i guess stuff like that uh so i'm not a cord cutter though you know i still i still like to have my cable and i watch i like to watch my sports because that's where i'm going to watch uh my live live nba and there'll be you know nfl all that stuff i know you can watch it on youtube tv or watch it on like an ipad or something and and you know screen share whatever on your tv but i like to just it, it's good background i always like to t- turn the tv on and still something's on already i like to you got your news i like to flip through the things i got demand it's linked up with uh with amazon prime and then i got netflix login and then we have our hbo now so i have i have all these different things because these apps they they want you to cord cut so that you know you're watching all these different streaming services and stuff because you can find stuff on everything pretty much now but now they have certain contracts with certain networks and shows and stuff so you could if you want to watch something if you want to watch like friends right now you can watch on netflix but then in a couple of years you, you have to watch it on on this uh, on the peacock the nbc network thing and then same with the office it's going there 2021 so it's parks and rec so they're getting those right because those were on netflix and you could just put that on there so I don't know if Netflix is going to be losing some people on based on that but uh so there's there's a lot of reshuffling so what I have I have my I have Comcast X, Xfinity so I got all my stuff there all my shows and I got the internet packaged in right and then we have Netflix and we use Amazon Prime and we have and then we have uh, the HBO Go no not HBO Go HBO Max right so I have all that and then but with this uh realignment of shows you know friends in the office and parks and rec going to nbc hbo max is getting big bang theory they paid like over a billion dollars apparently and i think hbo i think they're really hoping for a resurgence of that show i know it just ended but just you know down the line like you know a few years from now this next generation coming up will start watching again just like People are watching Friends and stuff right now and had this crazy resurgence. They're doing the 25th anniversary. Um, Phantom Events is going to show – they're just going to show all of it in theaters, which is, this blows my mind. Uh, there's you know clothing companies that are coming out with like Rachel Green uh, lines and stuff of clothes, that she, outfits that she wore during the show. And, uh, and then they're doing like pop-up shops of like coffee mugs and different stuff like that for that show i which i think they should do for seinfeld they haven't done it to that extent of friends like seinfeld that they need to do that with seinfeld and show seinfeld some love there um anyway so with this you know i don't know if these streaming services are expecting people to jump you know choose from different ones or have all of them or what but it seems to really they're really cutting the market you know because not everyone's going to have four or five of these subscriptions and internet because it's gonna it's gonna cost the same amount to actually have cable with like Xfinity or Dish or or Time Warner or something like that, for example, right? Because those add up. Those are like ten, fifteen dollars a month, and then you got to pay for the internet already with like another company. So I was up. I was open to 
if they all these companies came together and they had like one one whole bundle, right? And then they hooked up with a company, they partnered with I don't know Xfinity or something like that, or Centrelink Internet is terrible, but if they teamed up with somebody and they could just offer a package like seventy dollars a month, and you could get you could pick you could pick like Apple TV and like Netflix or like Disney Plus and HBO Max, something like that, and then you get your internet too. Right, and then there's like a there's a t- certain tier, and if you want all of them, you pay like I don't know, like ninety or something or hundred, but it'd still be cheaper than getting cable. So then, that they can help people cord cut if they want a cord cut, and they could get live sports because Hulu has live sports, as I've learned watching all these commercials, and YouTube TV does too. Um, so they'd be able to really compete with the the cable industry because the cable industry there's there, they they thought about it of how they're going to last longer is by bundling the internet and people need the internet for stuff. So like, okay, sure. Like I'll get the basic, basic channels. Just give me my internet. Right. So if they, if all these apps and streaming services combine together and then also include internet, then I think they could really help, help that cutting process. Right. Um, anyway, so, and then also, uh, Seinfeld is going to Netflix for like 500 million or something in 2021, which is awesome. Cause I could just, I'll just binge, watch Seinfeld all the time. It's great. Uh, but what I really want to do within these next couple of years, I want to, I'm going to sign up for all the free trials for all these options, all these streaming services, and then I'm going to get back to you and let you know which one's the best one. Because some of these are very intriguing to me. Uh, the Apple TV Plus sounds really good. Uh, they have a, this, their first streaming service will cost five dollars a month, which is starting November first. But they're starting. But they haven't come out with all these all their all the details yet. But they're starting to create their own content, right? So they're coming out with this uh, this like news morning show uh, has Jennifer Anderson, uh, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell. Looks pretty funny. Uh, so they're coming out with their own content so they can get more people uh, to watch their stuff. And like, hey, I want to watch this show with Jennifer Anderson, so I gotta subscribe, right? That's what's smart about their their business model, I think. That they're relying on this new content, people to get in, interested in it, and they get subscribers that way. Uh, then you have Disney Plus, uh, that's coming out November twelfth. It starts at seven dollars a month, which is going to be it's cheaper than Netflix, and so is Apple TV. And with Disney, they're coming out with all kinds of uh, spinoff Star Wars shows, and I think they have a do they have a spinoff Lord of the Rings show? I think I, I think they have something like that. But then the, you'll have access to the whole line of Disney movies. So all those Marvel um, superhero movies, and then you'll have all the animated movies too. This one seem this one they know parents are gonna are gonna be inclined to get this for their kids. Uh, but even I'm interested in this one because they have a lot of they have some content that I would like. I like watching my Finding Nemo and all that stuff every now and again. They're they're still funny as an adult. So and I mean they have their own shows coming out too, you know. So. I think that that'll be intriguing as well. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely get that free trial and check that out, see how that is. Because uh, they have another option for, I think it's twelve ninety nine. It comes with Hulu Plus, and then you get Disney, and then you get ESPN Plus, which is a great deal because those alone are $6. So they kind of bundle that all together, which I think is a good idea if more of these these companies kind of combine and come bundle up, then, it's, then you know you get more of the market there that way. So it's a little smarter that way, I think. And then you have AT&T TV, uh, but there, but like a, there's like basically just a, it's a cable subscription. But then you get you get a you get an, an extra app. It's like the TV Now service, which you can hook up to your Apple TV or your Roku or your Samsung TV, and it's like a standalone app. Uh, but that I mean that's really expensive. It's like eighty dollars a month. And then. Uh, I mentioned the Disney Plus. Oh, it's thirteen dollars a month with the ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, and Hulu, all combined together there. And then the HBO Max. I'm really interested in the HBO Max. Uh, they're gonna have all their own shows, their own library stuff. They'll have all the HBO originals. So you get The Wire and, and Sopranos and Big Little Lies, Oz, all that stuff. And then they also have content from Cartoon Network, CNN. Uh, they'll have DC, TBS, CW, TNT, and then Turner Classic Movies also. Uh, but 
HBO is coming out. They'll have their own content as well as as um, old shows like Big Bang Theory and then Fresh Prince of Bel Air. They'll also have every episode of Friends. Uh, so they're they're doing a good job of creating their own content, but also having having access to shows that people want to want to repeatedly watch and stream on occasion. Because in that sense, it seems like the NBC Peacock uh, streaming service. They're just kind of rely on people who want to sit on their laptops or on their phones and just have the background with the office or or friends or Parks and Rec or something. Because I mean, there hasn't been any reports of them creating their own creating new content. Because any new content that they have, it would be on on cable first, and then it would be on that app. So uh, I think they're really trying to anchor uh, towards the people who are binge watching old shows like that. Um, so that'll be interesting how that works out and all these other different streaming services. But I will try uh, the trials, the free month trials for those different services, and I'll let you know uh, which one I think is the best, and I, I might uh, sign up for a couple of these and, and keep them because uh, I am intrigued on how how these are going to play out because the different shows moving to different places and, and new networks and new companies making their own content. That, that seems pretty exciting as well because they're – they're making movies now that aren't even going in theaters, which brought me back to that original point of, you know, people not going to the movies anymore. They're watching at home. They're just comfortable at home. People don't want to be in public anymore, apparently, uh, which, you know, I'm fine with. I, I really have less people out there. Anyway, that's uh, that's my my episode today. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, we'll see what we got next week. I'll talk about some different things. Uh, I think, was it New York? New York came out with a, a new bill uh, that – that wanted to pay all student athletes. So I'll get more into that next week. And uh, Kansas, they're they're coming down with some uh, some violations, some recruiting violations. Uh, so I, I'll get into that more as well uh, the next episode and, and see what else we got going on this next week. Uh, so thanks for listening. And, yeah, I'll be back. And tell your friends. And let's get some more listeners. Thank you.